0: Hey, Sedano and LZ with you here, you just heard. We're going to give away 180 bucks at 4.30. Make sure you are sticking around for that to hear your name uh, for those of you that have entered into the contest. So uh, we'll have that for you shortly. But first, the biggest story in sports today is that the NFL finds itself being investigated uh, in regards to discrimination against their lawsuit settlement back in 2013 due to the concussion uh, situation back then. So the 2013 concussion settlement uh, has drawn the ire uh, of an investigation that shows that black players have been <laughs> uh, discriminated against in this particular lawsuit. And Ryan Smith of ABC News and, of course, here of ESPN, you check him out on ABC News and on Center, certainly from uh, outside the lines as well. Uh, Ryan is kind enough to join us here. So, Ryan, uh, big picture Uh, In this investigation, for those that maybe haven't read the story yet, uh, what would you say are the basics of this particular finding?
1: Well, the basics of this, George and LZ, is these players are suing because they say when the NFL has doctors analyze players' claims who say they've suffered head injuries from playing in the league, that those doctors are made to apply a standard called race norming, And essentially that standard says, before players even step on the field, they have, black players have a lower cognitive level than white players. So when it comes to trying to prove that you have a cognitive decline from playing football, you have to prove more. You have a greater burden to prove it, to show that yours has been – I'm sorry, to show that, that compared to to white players. So essentially you have a greater burden to prove – Uh, a, A cognitive decline and and so in a couple of ways this is is not only using a different way of looking at two groups of players but the NFL has said this is not a required thing it's an optional thing the players have said if it's optional when we win our claims why do you appeal and then say you didn't apply the norms so it's a difficult situation for the NFL but for these players to begin with who are filing this lawsuit they're saying, how could you say at the beginning we have lower cognitive levels than white players in any analysis that deals with whether we receive compensation?
2: Uh, Ryan, The reporting done in this story is absolutely fantastic, especially the you know real life accounts coming from the physicians themselves. Yeah. um are they exposed to any sort of uh, repercussions from the league or you know some overseeing body within their profession for sharing this, even though um, obviously, they're sharing it for a good reason.
1: Well, we had one we had one physician who shared it, and then a couple of physicians. We did some digging, and we found some really incredible emails where physicians talked about feeling like this was required. For the physician who shared it, Elsie, I kind of asked him that question, and he said, "Look, it's discriminatory in my mind, and so I don't have a problem speaking about it." And for this doctor, his and I don't want to quote him directly, but to paraphrase him a little bit, he was like, "You know." They they might not use me as much anymore. Okay, but I'm not going to be held to a standard that I feel is discriminatory. Now, I want to say it again. The the NFL has said, hey, we're not requiring doctors to do this. But this doctor said, yeah, when I filed this claim for one of the players in the lawsuit, and I said that, hey, this guy should receive compensation, he says he got a call from people at the league to say, why didn't you apply the norms? And he said, because they're discriminatory. I'm not going to apply that. So – you know, that's his take on the story. But if that's true, that's remarkable because not only would that show that, that part of the claim here that the NFL making is just not true, but then the other part of it is that doctors could have been required to do this in a league that is currently 70% black. Imagine the ramifications that has had on all the former players who have fired claims, if in fact they're held to this higher standard.
0: Ryan Smith of ABC News and ESPN joining us here. Of course, you can see him on SportsCenter, Outside the Lines, uh, on our platforms. And for those that don't know what we're talking about or maybe a little confused, maybe just be tuning in at this particular moment, um, if you go back to when guys are playing, um, there is a baseline test that they take for cognitive uh, skills and things of that nature. Um, When they are in concussion protocol, they are judged, uh, again, on those batteries of tests based off that baseline test. So in in this particular case, uh, when players are um, are filing these claims, they are judged mm-hmm. over a baseline uh, that, that has been set. And what Ryan is stating in this investigation is that the baseline for black players for cognitive skills is lower than white players, and that creates, obviously, a huge uh, conundrum here for everyone and a huge problem for everyone. So let me ask you right. this, Ryan. Um, What has the NFL said about these allegations to this point?
1: So they've said these allegations and this lawsuit is entirely misguided. And their point is, not only do we not require these norms to be used, they're more of a tool that people can use, that neuropsychologists can use. But they've also said that this was part of the settlement they agreed to. And this is one of the problems, I think, that this lawsuit will face. They've essentially said, look, we've litigated a lot of the issues around this settlement in front of a federal judge. This has already been decided in federal court. So there's nothing we're doing here, according to the NFL, that's wrong. And they've also made the point that they've instilled this standard not to discriminate but to fight against discrimination. And let me explain part of the theory around that. The theory is that this is a tool using race sometimes in, medical, in the medical profession is used to, to sort of get a better sense of the patients. So that is kind of what they're saying here. It's used to get a better sense of the patient. But what the doctor doctor we interviewed was telling us was, no, it's not used that way. It's told to us, use it and start with a lower cognitive level. And if you're not using it, it could be used to deny the claims. Now, guys, I just want to point out something here. The NFL doesn't decide these claims. What happens is you've got a former player who said he suffered head injuries and it's causing him major problems right now. He files a claim for compensation. They sent him to a neuropsychologist and that's where the issue happens. If a neuropsychologist in one of the players' cases who filed a lawsuit, he analyzed one of the players and he said, yeah, this guy has mild dementia. He needs to get compensation. But once the norms were applied, once he had to look at him as having a lower cognitive level to begin with and say, well, how much has he declined from assuming that he has a lower cognitive level to begin with, then the claim didn't pass muster. And so that's the problem. And from the NFL's perspective, their part is: Hey, look, we're not deciding these claims. A neutral third party does, a claims administrator. But if it doesn't go, the NFL can appeal those claims. So what's been happening is the NFL, in at least one of these cases, appealed the claim and said you didn't apply the norms, and then the norms were applied and the claim was denied.
2: Absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, obviously you're you're a lawyer as well, Ryan. Can you talk yeah. about whether or not you know this infraction, you know? goes against any federal law and exposes the league to even more trouble than just PR? Well,
1: yeah, LZ, it's a great question. They um, the players in filing this lawsuit are hoping to not only win their case and having their clin and have their compensation established, but they're trying to get this part of the settlement declared illegal. And that is a possibility. But but I think one of the issues they're gonna face Is the fact that this has already gone through many iterations in the court. Guys, I'm sure you've seen in the past couple of years. I mean, this suit was, this this settlement was put in place in 2013, and I got to tell you, it's gone through many challenges. There have been many complaints about how the money is being handed out, about how the claims are being analyzed. Many players have complained about how they're not being treated properly, former players. And I think it's going to be interesting in terms of how this is looked at, because it is not. Um, Far fetched to think that a judge would look at this and say, Look, I guess I could see how this might be used in some cases, but I need concrete proof that it is required by doctors. There may be some, we have emails where doctors are saying, We think it's required. This feels like bottom line discrimination. So perhaps the player's lawyers bring that to court and say, Here's your proof. That's what's really happening. But the NFL has been saying, no, it's not required. We don't have emails or messages saying that we're telling doctors to do this. That's where the rub is going to be. If a judge looks at that and says, yeah, this is required, then there is room for a federal court to say we got to declare this illegal because you're not supposed to be implying standards that on their face might be discriminatory.
0: Ryan Smith of ABC News and ESPN. Of course, the story is up on ESPN.com right now for you to read in further detail. And it's on MB- ABC News' website as well. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for making time for us on a very busy day, man. We appreciate it. Stay healthy and stay safe.
1: Hey, guys, anytime. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time. You thank got you, it. sir.
0: Uh, LZ, you and I, let's we can discuss this a little further on the other side. Uh, plus, we're giving away some money. You ready to give away some cash? Always. Yep, 180 bucks is happening here pretty soon. Don't forget Kirk Morrison stopping by to talk some NFL with us at 440. Uh, You and I are going to react to this and talk about the latest. to Deshaun Watson to the Raiders? Really? It's a possibility. We'll get to all that coming up in four minutes.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Thanks, Chris. Today's name is Josh Gideon from Fullerton. That's Josh Gideon from Fullerton. So Josh Gideon, you your mission is to call us back within 21 minutes. It is 431. You've got till 451 to call us at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, and win $180 in cash and qualify to win the grand prize of $1,800. We've got 17 more days here on Mission 18. If you know Josh Gideon in Fullerton, tell them to call at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Uh, if for some reason Josh does not call within the 20 minutes, it'll roll over to 360 tomorrow for the next person. And for you to enter, it's very simple, We've got 16 more of these uh, after today. You can text the word MISSION to 40705. That's MISSION to 40705. Um,
2: so, LZ. And this is brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. Visit SweetJames.com.
0: Whoopsie. Sorry, went a little early to you.
2: <laughs> That's all good. Uh, <laughs>
0: So uh, thank you uh, to Ryan Smith for joining us there. Kirk is going to join us here in a couple of minutes. We've got a short segment here, LZ, because I want to make sure we have enough time uh, with Kirk. So what is your just kind of initial reaction to Ryan's story? Um, just it, 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 like, it's funny like, because I look at it and I'm like, wow. Like, that was just the only thing I thought of immediately when I, when I saw the story and then read the, read the headline and read the subsequent story.
2: Yeah, you know, I I was giving a heads up yesterday, um, from my producers at ABC. I was on with Ryan earlier this morning talking about it. I was shocked then, I was shocked in the morning while I was on the air, and I'm still shocked. Not that the NFL would do it, but that they would be so blatant about it. Right. That it would be so handled so cavalierly. Now, obviously this is, you know, something the NFL has denied and you know, clearly you know, this still needs to be, you know, litigated in in, in, in the courts. But based upon the reporting that was done, um, you can clearly see physicians looking at what's happening and blatantly just saying, yo, this is racist. Right. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, you know, who was involved in the league's office in terms of you know, this procedure, I don't know what the conversations were like, but I don't know any thinking person who can hear just the first couple of sentences of what Ryan said in his report, or just read a couple of sentences from any text and not come away thinking this is some racist ass bleep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's really no other way around it. (laughs) Like like the whole thing is pretty gross when you think about it, but Um, To your point, it does need to be litigated, but it just seems like this one (laughs) seems like a slam dunk. You know what I mean? For the players. Because
2: even, you know what, the thing is, George, like even the conversation about hiring minorities as head coaches, right? Even though we we, we feel like, you know, minorities aren't giving a fair fair shake, you know, it's kind of harder to kind of prove, you know, other than anecdotally. Mm -hmm. This is like hardcore, the doctors are saying this is racist. Yeah, this is and, and saying this is what we did. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Right. And I just keep thinking yeah. NFL just can't get right, can they?
0: Yeah. No, no. They can't. I, I that that seems to be the reality of their situation, but um speaking of the NFL, we're going to talk to our pal Kirk Morrison here in a minute.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's a couple of stories out there. So yesterday we touched on it with Mina when she joined us at 5.15 yesterday. And, of course, if you missed that, feel free to subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast on Apple, ESPN, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcasts. And, you know, there was the talk about, you know, Derek Carr could be traded, right? Like, the you know, the the Texans and Raiders maybe cut a deal for Deshaun Watson. And, look, we kind of speculated about the Raiders because they have the draft capital to do something like that. But if you're Deshaun Watson, you know – Of the teams that are up there that people are considering, whether it's the Dolphins, the Jets, the Raiders, right? Like, those are the teams that I I guess have been most bantied about here over the last several days. Man, if those are his three options, isn't it easy that it should be the Dolphins? Because they're the team that actually won 10 games last year and overachieved, and the Jets and the Raiders have consistently underachieved with their staffs and coaches?
2: They have. They have. They definitely have, and especially if you're looking at the scenario with the Jets where you have a defensive-minded coach who may or may not know how to best utilize your offensive skill set. Now, obviously, you know, there are offensive coaches who know how to shore themselves up on the defensive end with a good, you know, D.C., and everything is fine. But if you're trying to reboot your career at a new location, I would think rebooting your career – in a space that will maximize you, should be priority. And looking at offensive-minded individuals, geniuses, great offenses, weapons, to your point, Miami won 10 games, and they basically did it with an old man and a rookie.
0: Right, right. And their <laughs> defense was really good, and, but, and they've got all this draft capital to be able to trade for Watson and then still have plenty left to kind of go go and get some guys and they've got a ton of cap space like that seems to be the best situation because here's the thing if he goes to the Raiders and you know Greg you're a Raider fan the Raiders defense stinks
4: yeah I mean it's not the best it hasn't been been a little bit it's been a little bit rough the last couple years but I don't know I mean it's it's a lot of it has to do with like name recognition too like would you rather be a Raider or a Dolphin I think that's there is a little bit to that
0: what you is there to the, be what is there to be so like is what, I mean, what, what is recognition it?
2: do the Raiders have over no, the I mean, last they they're still the Raiders? You they're sound, still the Raiders in like Las a, Vegas. You know what you sound like, Greg? You sound like a New York Knickerbocker fan. Right. It's free, the same type of deal. I'm the not the even Knicks gonna deny that. Something. But nobody goes to the Knicks either.
4: Well <laughs> right. yeah, but I mean the Knicks haven't won in what is it, like forty years? I mean that's a little bit different.
3: What a was the last time the I mean, Raiders, Raiders won? Win.
2: I mean,
4: they haven't won a they haven't won a Super Bowl. They've been to a Super it's been
2: 20 Bowl twenty years <laughs> since they've well, been. The Knicks have been to a they to been, been to a, been to a finals.
0: Right, the Knicks were in the finals when you were around the time you were in the Super Bowl.
4: It really was right around then. That was that the <laughs> Larry Johnson year? Wasn't it?
2: Yeah. The Raiders it was. were the thirtieth ranked not, yeah.
0: defense last year.
2: There is yeah, no really way I would want to go to a bad football team that has a head coach with that contract who has a tendency to not only fall out of star players, but then talk about them badly to the media. No way I want Uh, to do that.
4: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, there's just nothing about the being – I mean, Miami, being in Miami is great, but I don't know. The Dolphins just – I just haven't seen anything since Dan Marino from them that's really been exciting. I
0: mean, they clearly have a coach that knows what he's doing. That team was supposed to go
4: 0-16 last year. They won 5, and they won 10 this year. Their defense was really good. I'm not going to deny that. They, Listen, a lot, I know a lot you want
2: good for the Raiders. I know you do, and a, lo- a lot of, of listeners do as well. But you have to be truthful about who you are, too.
0: Right? Yeah. And where you are today? They're 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 an average team at best at this point. You know what? Let's ask Kirk. He's a former Raider. We'll get his thoughts on Deshaun Watson. We'll get his thoughts on Matt Stafford coming to the uh, to the Rams, and of course the Jared Goff letter. We had Sam Farmer on yesterday. Uh, He talked to Jared Goff uh, exclusively of the L.A. Times. So we'll talk to Kirk about all that stuff plus the Super Bowl. We're back in two and a half minutes.
3: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
0: Sedan so on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. We're still waiting for... Josh Gideon of Fullerton. Bruh. You got eight minutes on the clock to win 180 bucks. If you know Josh Gideon from Fullerton, he's got eight minutes left. eight seven 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 ten espn 877 3776 to win the $180. If he doesn't win, it rolls over to $360 tomorrow. And listen for your name at 430. If you want to get in on this contest for the next 16 days after today, 16 weekdays, text the word MISSION. To four zero seven zero five. That's mission to four zero seven zero five. Kirk Morrison, friend of the program here, uh, of course, NFL great Raider great, and we were just talking about the Raiders and this Deshaun Watson stuff. And first of all,
5: let, let me ask you this: If you're Deshaun Watson, would you even want to be a Raider? Um, yeah. I mean, I would love to go to a, a new franchise. I mean, he's already done with Houston. So he's already said I'm not coming back. And then you think about it: a brand new stadium, a lot of buzz, a team that finished eight and eight, but definitely could have been a lot better because they feel like they of the quarterback position is what they need. Yeah, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I take that. I go to Nevada, a state, uh, no state income tax. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that any day of the week. Honestly,
2: any day. What if there's yeah, a day I'm that there. had New Orleans Saints on it instead?
5: Uh, yeah, but you got to think with New Orleans, they're in salary cap hell. And so with the drop of the salary cap, and we'll find out right before March 17th, the, league new year, uh, the, the new league year, that I don't know how many pieces that they can add over in New Orleans. And you already know Michael Thomas has been kind of uh, not necessarily on the outs, but he hasn't been the uh, greatest of uh, listeners, <laughs> I would say, over in New Orleans. So you still don't know what's going on over there. Drew Brees has to make his decision. They already talked about Jameis Winston possibly bringing him back. If he goes to the Raiders. Obviously they have to trade for him, but if they trade that much draft capital, you know that he will be the center of attention. He will be that franchise's franchise quarterback. The love will be there, and it's something that he just has felt, um, felt he's just not getting in Houston, and that's why he wants to get out. But shouldn't uh, he just go
0: for the for sure. go to the Dolphins, who were better than the Raiders last year? And still have, and still have they, way more capital that they, that even if they trade the draft capital, we'll still have plenty more draft capital, way more cap space to surround him with great players. Like, why wouldn't yeah, you go there?
2: Because anywhere yeah, he I mean, goes, I'm he's not going to be sure the center they, of attention.
5: Yeah, but are they done with Tua, though? Right? I, I don't know if Miami – For Deshaun, like I'm sure they will be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you just yeah, I mean, compare it's, Kelly Rowland to, to Beyonce, that, dog. Kelly cool. I mean, Everybody loves Kelly.
5: I mean, they've built this team in Miami over the last couple years. They had a vision in place, and I'm not saying that Tua is not their guy, but I'm saying with the way they've done it, you can't just give up on Tua that fast and take on that contract of Deshaun Watson. I I get it. I understand it, but the way that they built it, Brian Flores did, they built it in mind with a rookie contract to be able to give a bunch of pieces for that team to be very competitive and be a playoff team. If they trade for Deshaun Watson – They are totally, I think, discrediting the plan that they had all together. That's why at the end of the day he won't be a Dolphin. I just believe that they are staying strong to their plan. But when you look at the Jets, when you look at, like, the 49ers, when you look at uh, even the Denver Broncos, when you look at these other teams, they're already, like, into their plans, and they're ready to blow those up already. Where I think that Brian Flores and his team and the Miami Dolphins, they are still laying the groundwork. They got some first-round picks this year and get some good football players they think that they can contend right away. And Tua, it's just a small sample size for me to give up on a guy that played, you know, at times really well last year.
2: When you consider Deshaun, 25 years old, phenomenal player. Right. Whoever gets him is going to automatically be lifted up into a playoff, if not perhaps even a Super Bowl contender, depending on how the defense looks. There's another quarterback that's like that who's had even more success than Sean. And, that's his, and his name is Jared Goff, and he's yeah. in Detroit. How come we aren't talking about this? Does, does the lack of conversation about Jared Goff is in Detroit validates the trade regardless of what the Rams needed to do to make the trade?
5: I think that what we've noticed over the last two years is that Jared Goff was kind of the weak spot uh, on the team. Let's be honest. This is a championship-level defense. They played that way this year. And yet the only thing that held this team back was its quarterback. I mean, they even had a nice little running game, the way that Cam Akers emerged. The offensive line actually played well, even though they missed Andrew Whitworth for a period of time. They held up. The wide receivers were were great. Uh, Woods, Cup, they were just the regular old selves. But yet it was the situation of the quarterback position – that they didn't get the consistency that was needed. And after that 2018 season, Jared Goff's arrow was pointing toward the sky. His trajectory was, was like, okay, this dude is coming. A couple of uh, you know, pro bowl appearances, okay, this dude is the next. And then the last two years, we kind of scratch our head. And you say, you know what, let's get out of this contract. Let's get somebody who can actually, we feel, take this offense to another level that Jared Goff just never got to. And I've always mentioned this too, LZ, that Sean McVay inherited Jared Goff, right? Like, it wasn't like he hand-picked him. Like, he inherited. So I always had that in the back of my mind that if Sean McVay was ever able to go out and hand-pick a quarterback, would he do it? And, uh, yeah, it only took him after four seasons to realize, you know what, I need to go get my guy who I think that can definitely take my offense to the next level. Our buddy Kirk
0: Morrison hanging out with us here. What does Matt Stafford do for Sean McVay's offense?
5: I mean, first of all, I'm, he's a grown man. That's another thing. Like, think about it. Sean McVay has a peer who I think can give him some pushback. I mean, I think with Jared Goff, was a kind of a younger player who was always a yes sir, no sir kind of situation where I think Matthew Stafford got some pelts on his belt, right? Say, hey, coach, I don't know if we can do this, but i look at this situation versus this defense And he's played a lot of football, and he's played in the playoffs as well. I look at this as a grown-up relationship, and I think that he's going to bring a sense of not only uh, toughness, but being able to extend plays and be able to make plays off schedule, which we saw, that's not Jared Goff's game. Jared Goff came to the line of scrimmage. He had one play in mind, one way to go, and if it wasn't there, it was Jared Goff was getting hit, fumble, interception, and that comes with experience. But I think he's got that experience in Matthew Stafford, and that's where now I think Sean McVay, and i am be honest with you guys, he can open up the playbook a little bit more. Remember those times this year? I think, George, you brought it up. You know, those third down and eights and nines, and McVay hands it off and they kick a field goal? Yeah. I don't think he'll be doing that with Matthew Stafford because he's got a guy who I think that if the play's not there, not only can he extend it with his legs, but he can make the right decision and not turn the ball over.
2: No, I agree with you, you know, wholeheartedly in terms of the upgrade that Matthew Stafford is going to bring. Lz,
5: have you went and got your Detroit Lions Jared Goff jersey? I know you're from, <laughs> D- from Detroit. I'm just asking, have you got the jersey yet? Because I know it's probably something that you're
2: going to want for your birthday. i so uh, you
5: never it. Take a I've, picture I've, for me.
2: I've actually have never owned a Jared Goff anything, <laughs> so not even a bobblehead. I always <laughs> thought that Jared Goff was good enough to get the Rams one Super Bowl always felt that way still feel this way it's just i knew also that sean mcveigh and that defense was primed to win multiple super bowls right and sacrificing for jared Goff's you know feelings to try to win one when you can make the move and maybe get two maybe even three depending upon you know how young the qb is right i, I, I like the move yeah
5: no it, it was a win-win on both sides and I know everybody has to have a winner and a loser. It was a win-win on both sides. When Dan Campbell, the uh, new head coach of the Detroit Lions, when he signs a six-year deal, just understand that the first two years are always going to be a filling-out process. It was the same thing with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Remember, he signed a six-year deal. First two years, 49er fans, you couldn't find them. But in year three, what happened? This team started to uh, emerge, and they went to the Super Bowl, right, fairly quickly. I think that's the plan in Detroit. They got about two years to really – Figure this thing out, but they got the draft capital. They got a nice bridge quarterback in Jared Goff that honestly could be George, help me out here. Could he be the next Ryan Tannehill? Where Tannehill was in Miami, played okay. There were some games you're like, okay, but then all of a sudden he goes to Tennessee, and this is a brand new quarterback. And so could the change of scenery be what Jared Goff needs? And that's the possibility. And I think that's what their organization may see in Jared Goff for the next two seasons. And they could reward him with another contract if he plays well. Here, here's the difference.
0: Ryan Tannehill had yep. like 37 different offensive coordinators when he was the, the quarterback <laughs> of the Dolphins. Sean McVay we know can coach offense. And and I think yeah, that – Yeah,
5: but see, i got to push back on you, George, because I would say the same thing about Jared Goff. He's had three, four – Right, but offensive Sean offensive is the guy
0: calling the, the plays. Like, we know that.
5: Like, that wasn't the yeah, case. Yeah, Sean is calling the play, but I think the guys who are in his head to try to – because the quarterback, coach, and the offensive coordinator – are the mediator. They're the yeah. guy in between. And I think it just never came together. Like when Sean McVay had the Matt LaFleurs and Zach Taylors, Jared Goff was what? One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Those two guys are gone, and then what happens? Jared Goff kind of takes a dip. So that's but, but, but here's also
0: saying. here's the big difference. Ryan Tannehill is mobile. Okay, Ryan Correct. Tannehill was a wide receiver mm-hmm. at one point in his life. Like, Jared Goff's a statue, man. Like, I, I think Jared Goff will, will be what Jared Goff is, a bottom third starting quarterback in the NFL. Real quick, Ooh. I got te- 15 seconds. Sure. Who, who wins the Super Bowl and why? 15 seconds.
5: 15 seconds. I'm going with age. I'm going with the experience. I'm going with the GOAT. I think the Kansas City Chiefs banged up. They won't have the two starting tackles that started the Super Bowl last year in Super Bowl 54. I think Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett are going to have a field day. I got the Buccaneers winning 31-27, and Tom Brady is your Super Bowl 55 MVP winning his seventh <laughs> championship, passing Michael Jordan, and, uh, yeah, that's it.
2: I love how you said the experience, like the Chiefs don't have a ring right now.
5: They yeah, got it, experience,
0: it, it's too, different, dog. Different kind of experience. Kirk? So. Uh, <laughs> You are the best, my brother.
5: Thank you so much for hanging out with us and always making time for us.
2: Thanks, brother. Hey, man, I
5: appreciate as always. Hey, LZ, don't forget to let me know when you get that jersey. I'll, I'll, I'll send it.
2: Don't <laughs> no, no, hold your breath. I want you to make it a next twenty-two, brother.
5: <laughs> All right, man. Right, be
0: good. There you go. Take care, Kirk Morrison. All right, did we get a caller? Did we get a winner for one hundred and eighty dollars, LZ? I hope so. We'll tell you next, plus what you need to know. And Momo at 5 o'clock for a whole hour. Sedano and LZ, 710 ESPN, back in two minutes.
1: Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Unfortunately,
0: Josh Gideon from Fullerton did not call mm-hmm. in the 20 minutes allotted for him. He did not win the $180 like our buddy Eugene uh, from Los Angeles yesterday. So, tomorrow's prize LZ rolls over to $360 in cash. And people need to tune in at 4.30 to find out if their name is called. And if their name is called, y'all better call within those 20 minutes or it's going to roll over to 5.40 at that point the next day. So... Yeah, we're trying to show you the money, but you got to call within the allotted time. Uh, so, hey, thanks to Kirk Morrison for joining us there. Super Week on ESPN LA is presented by Coors Light Experience, the first big game ad that only runs in your dreams. Check it out at CoorsBigGameDream.com. Uh, all right, it is time for What You Need to Know. All good. By the way, you can enter that contest we were just talking about, and I didn't realize it was a close if the guy didn't call. Um, <laughs> you can still <laughs> enter the contest. We've got 16 more weekdays where we're giving away money. Tomorrow's cash prize will be 360. 360 at 8180 anymore because it rolled over and for you to register it's very simple if you want 360 dollars in cash your chance to register is now text the word mission to 40705 that's mission to 40705 and listen tomorrow at four thirty to hear your
4: name be called uh all right what do you got and what you need to know greg before we get to momo <laughs> Alright, so uh, Tom Brady, or sorry, not Tom Brady, Levante David, the Bucks linebacker, was on the All Things Covered podcast with Bryant McFadden and Patrick Peterson, and he was telling a story about what happened after the NFC Championship win over the Packers, and he said how he was so excited, but then he looked over, and somebody was crying, and he said, I guess, like, I heard Brady just like, what the F you crying for? We not done yet. So, I guess I want to know, George, we'll start with you, what do you think of that tactic from Brady?
0: I mean, he's right. I mean, isn't that what Kobe would do? Remember that famous clip from the press conference when they asked him, you know, is he happy to be up 2-0? And he said, what do you mean be happy? Happy for what? Job's not done. Is job done? Right? And I feel like Brady has that kind of similar mentality. When you've won that many times, you got to make sure you finish the thing through.
2: Yeah, I co-signed that. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's, it's, it's the mentality you need to have in order just to make it as a professional athlete. I mean, the odds are stacked against you. As soon as you tell an adult that you want to be a you know, quarterback in the NFL or a basketball player or something, they immediately start telling you to plan for plan B. Immediately. And justifiably so, the numbers aren't in your favor. So just to get to this level, you need to have that Tom Brady attitude. So I co-sign all of that.
0: Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. So, guys, let me know when Momo's there. and we... She's not there? Okay, great. Um, Real quick, though, let's finish up that football discussion because we have a lot of basketball, obviously, to talk to Ramona about. Um, You know, I'll say this. Like, you know, Kirk seems to think that there is a chance that Jared Goff could redeem himself in Detroit. I I just don't see it for the reasons that I alluded to earlier. Like, I don't see him as Ryan Tannehill. I don't see him as the athlete Ryan Tannehill is. Uh, I don't see him as the thrower of a football that Ryan Tannehill is, to be honest, either.
2: Well, listen. If Detroit is able to provide him with the kind of protection that Jared Goff enjoyed, you know, early on in the Sean McVay years, um, he's going to be fine. He can make all the throws. Um, His decision making, obviously, leaves, you know, something to be desired. Um, But if he can get protection for the vast majority of a game, he's going to put you in a position to win. He's good. Yeah. The question is, can Detroit do that? Can any team do that?
0: I mean, if there's a team I don't have uh, a lot of uh, confidence <laughs> in making that happen, it's probably the Detroit Lions. I mean, it, it, there's a
2: reason st- why I know Matthew Stafford's mobile. It's Put booty it this day. way.
0: <laughs> oh, Momo's there! I hear oh. the booty day. Hey, hey, hey Momo. <laughs> What's up, what up, boy? Momo? We're good. Um, you know. Do you think Jared Goff will be good moving forward or is he a Sean McVay creation before we get some Lakers talk out of you? Oh, I think we lost her.
2: Do we lose her again? Yeah. Uh. We'll,
0: we'll figure it out. Um, That's all right. I, I, look, I, I think he's a Sean McVay creation.
2: I don't know if he's a Sean McVay creation or not, but I do know this is his opportunity to prove that he's not. This booty is- Day.
6: I think I'm here. I think oh, I'm here. Oh, there we go. Are you, are
2: you here? I don't know. I was hearing you.
6: I don't know. No, no. you guys weren't hearing me. I was just talking to myself. <laughs> That's always fun. How
0: are yeah. you guys? Uh, we're good. Good. Um, Jared Goff, McVay creation or not a McVay creation?
6: I, I sort of think McVay creation. You know? I mean, when you're the number one pick and, like, You've been, you, you know, he got every opportunity the entire time he was here to succeed. And it still didn't happen, right? I mean, he had one year where it was really, you know, I no, think he succeeded. put it together. He succeeded that year.
2: He yeah. su- no, he succeeded. Like, no one other than Tom Brady has won more than him since, you know, he's been with McVeigh. He succeeded. It's just that we think we deserve more.
6: Yeah, okay, that's fair, but I would say like he succeeded, but like how much of the success was Todd Gurley the year they went to the Super Bowl, and how much of the success was the defense this year? I mean, I mean you know, to me, like he he like the only year I ever thought he excelled and succeeded in a way that you felt like he was going to be the the guy you wanted to build around was the Super Bowl year. Right. Right.
2: But even in that year. Yeah, it was Todd I mean, Gurley. It was it was girly, it was the defense, yep. but here's the thing. Generally speaking, that's what it's supposed to be. True, true. Like de- Except like if you got Tom Brady. Play. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady didn't do it by himself, and having this conversation before, I don't think there was ever a season in which Tom Brady was clearly the best quarterback in the league.
6: Maybe there was like one or two seasons in there where he had like a lot of pass. I only know this because I play fantasy sports so, like, I feel like there was a couple of seasons in there that he had like a ridiculous year, offensively. But th- for the most part, yeah, you're right. It was it was the the whole team. But you you can't. I I don't know that you can go to all those Super Bowls. You know, we we've been having this discussion all week, right? Is it was it the Belichick system? Is the Patriot way, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Well, like right now, it looks like it was Tom Brady, right? Right. I mean, he just right went now. and took the for now, of years. Andy. for now. For yeah. now, you know, yeah. I think. I always give more credit to the players and the coaches. And to me, it's the, that's the man in the arena. That's the guy who's got to perform under the pressure, getting hit in the face with all the expectations on him. And, the you know, the coach has to scheme and has to be smart and brilliant and call a good game and all that. But it's different than when you're the man, when you're the guy who has to perform. So I think it's always the quarterback. But in McVay's case and, and Jared Goff's case, like you have to give Jared a little credit. You have to – he did – he did have a couple of good years, but in any sport, the league adjusts you, and then the really good ones adjust back. And the ones who right. were just put into that position to start with don't necessarily make that adjustment. Momo, let's switch gears. Speaking of adjustments, um, you know, the Lakers
0: have had to make some adjustments because mm-hmm. the season started, you know, in record time, right? 71, 72 yeah. days, whatever it was from the finals. Uh, Anthony Davis has had a very slow start to the season by his
6: time. Tell me about it. I drafted him number one overall in my
0: fantasy league, <laughs> Speaking right? of fantasy. So uh-huh. An- An- Anthony Davis, <laughs> just for people, just for, yeah. uh, for for those that don't know, 22.3 points per game, lowest since the 2013-14 season. 8.7 rebounds, lowest since 2012-13 and his PER, 24.9, also lowest since 2012-13. Mm-hmm. He's down in blocks. He's down pretty much everywhere across the board. How much of this is, oh, my God, I got to get through it, another season so quickly. How much this mm-hmm. uh, of this is, um, you know, just kind of the, the just the fact that, he may be dealing with some stuff physically yeah. like
6: what are, what are we what are we dealing with here with Anthony Davis are we going to do a are we going to do a blame pie like a blame
0: yeah, pie like yeah, a, blame pie is a good way shout out to the Caminetskis uh, who had that stolen by Mason in Ireland
6: oh i thought mason i thought they stole it no, from mason they, and Ireland. they
0: stole it from the so i'm going to give the proper people their credit
6: okay okay yeah, yeah. um <laughs> the, I, look i think 65 70% of it is the quick turnaround to the season and Taking his time, getting ready, right? Just ramping it up, going, putting the putting the gas pedal down, right? I think it, let's even go as high as seventy percent. Okay, and then I think the other twenty percent is probably the little nagging injuries he's had. He's missed a few games here and there, right? The thigh, the knee, the what? You know, he's had a couple of little things. Um, and then the last like ten percent, I would say, is just the the league adjusting to him, right? That you know, last right. year was the first year you saw LeBron <laughs> and AD playing together. And that they kind of, I thought they flourished, but I think there's been some counters that people have made, like some of the some of the adjustments that teams have have made to try to keep him away um, inside, maybe having just a different center alongside of him, Not having Dwight and Javale who give them that verticality, whereas like this year it's more Marcus Saul who's a different different kind of co-star, right? Just learning how to play with Dennis Schroder and you yeah, know, just some of the changes they've had. Um, I think if, you know, they had it all worked out last year and this year it just takes a little adjustment. You know, maybe not having Rondo in a way, even though they didn't really have him most of the year last year, except for the playoffs. But but I think it's, I would say 70% of it is just the quick turnaround and him taking his time, getting it going. What do you think? I
2: would ratchet that up to like 85 to 90%. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the reason why I was shocked when you said that like, the league adjusted to him, I was like, they've never adjusted to him. <laughs> The league has never adjusted to Anthony Davis, which is why he has one of the highest mm-hmm. you know, PERS in the history of the game. And I, I look at Anthony Davis, and I see someone who has recognized how to pace himself because he finally got a taste of what it means to finish on top. Mm, okay. And, and, what, and once he got a taste of that nectar, he's like, oh, I've been doing this wrong. And so I don't I don't know if we're going to see, you know, the Anthony Davis that gave you twenty six, twenty seven points a game every night, blah 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 blah, blah during a regular season, because he knows the money's made in the reg- in the postseason, and that's also true of LeBron. We still don't get the best LeBron during the regular season. He's just so damn good that even his not best is still enough to be an MVP. See, candidate. this
6: is where I would go the other way on this. Like I, I know we don't see the best of LeBron in the regular season, but and he, and he is so damn good, but he's also Quite a bit older than Anthony Davis, what eighty or year, eight years older? Is that right? Yeah, eight nine, More yeah something that,
4: like
6: that. Well, LeBron's thirty six now, eighties yeah. twenty seven, so I guess nine yeah. years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's it's like uh, to me, I, I, like he sh- the younger man should be the one carrying them during the regular season, right? Like LeBron's probably sitting back there at thirty six, like all right, man, you know I'm supposed to be kind of relaxing here. I'm supposed to be the one saving myself, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. But like he's just such an incredible athlete and competitor like he's LeBron like yeah he coasts a little bit in the regular season but not 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 as much as people would like him to right Right. I'm sure like go ask Ty Lue all those years in Cleveland you know they people are always giving Ty Lue a hard time about how many minutes LeBron would play yeah and his answer was always LeBron likes to play he like he feels like he needs these minutes to get in shape and that's just kind of how he's wired and I I felt like last year when I watched those 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 two guys LeBron and AD I, I thought LeBron kind of pushed A.D. and A.D. pushed LeBron like A.D., just his effort defensively, the hunger he had to win because he had never won before, been on a team like this before. I think that pushed LeBron and, uh, you know, on the defensive end of the court and also the opportunity because they knew they could win and, and vice versa. I thought LeBron pushed A.D and yeah. you know ad had a reputation of like kind of needing to prove that he wasn't i would never call him soft i know that's the rep- people think that but i don't i don't think that but that he had that rep- he had that to answer right like to those critics who think that um and i think he did you know he played through so many injuries right like last year and 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 times when you were kind of like he should sit out like rest that shoulder big guy you know but he yeah. could just play on and i thought they pushed each other to play and maybe this year i don't sense that same kind of um I don't call it hunger because that's not saying they're not hungry. That's 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 insulting. I think they're they're playing great. They they they're just saving themselves. They're playing smart right now. They don't have that same kind of like you know LeBron coming off missing the playoffs, Anthony Davis coming off all the mess. That, no,
0: it, you know, it is different. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah the yeah. intensity is different. different. And, yeah. and, the me- and measuring it, uh, you yeah. know, kind of the season is also a little different. All right, right, let's continue that discussion. There's some interesting rotation questions about the Lakers. Plus, the big battle last night between the Nets and the Clippers. A lot of stuff has come out of that game. A lot of comments uh, from both sides. So let's get to some of that with Momo. Momo's going to continue joining us the rest of the hour. Uh, we're back in two and a half minutes.